Field Yates, my play cousin. We know it's a job. You're one of our resident fantasy football gurus here at ESPN, of course. You cover the sports landscape like a great professional, as always. Let's set that aside for the moment, though. You're born and raised in the Boston area. You've been a lifelong New Englander. What have the Patriots under Bill Belichick meant to you as a person? Yeah, they are somebody that can count on their life, right? Uh, For 25 years... Until this recent pocket, uh, the Patriots were just one of those things that's just sort of continued churning and churning and churning. So uh, the Patriots uh, became the most identifiable team in a town, a city full of identifiable franchises. But I remember my early days of a youth thinking that like you were raised in Boston or in the New England area and it was Red Sox first. And the Patriots might have been dead last amongst the core four sports in terms of popularity. And at least by the time that uh, I had graduated to my professional career at ESPN, that had flipped. And the Patriots were by far the team that moved the needle the most in the region and become the most beloved as well. It appears we're at the end of the Belichick Patriots marriage, one that's lasted 24 years. That's almost as old as you are. I'm kidding. Nearly a quarter century. It's produced 266 wins field, nine AFC championships, six Super Bowl rings. So when you saw him walking off the field on Sunday, hooded up, mask on, falling snow in Foxborough, what went through your mind? I'll be honest with you, Clinton. I think that while it's going to be natural when something potentially comes to an end to dive deep, and we will in just a little bit, onto maybe the things that led to that end, what I was caught up thinking about was hoping that people who have followed this team for the past 24 years, either as a fan of the Patriots or a fan of the NFL, to not spend as much of their forthcoming energy going into why this took place. But rather recognizing that the 20 years prior to that, were so unprecedented in the NFL and so unlikely to ever take place again that hopefully those memories will end up being the ones that most prominently are discussed going forward. Time does tend to heal wounds, but it feels like, and I understand why this is the case, so much of the focus of late has been how things have been wretched, specifically this year, but to a degree over the three years prior to that as well. Bill, Coming off the field today, did you have any different feelings about the end of today coming off that field? Disappointed about the way the game turned out, sure. Yeah, let's leave it at that. And in some ways, I most well bothered by the fact that people were overlooking the accomplishments of what had taken place in the 20 years prior to that. We all watched on Sunday as Bill Belichick's Patriots fell to the hated J-E-T-S Jets 17-3 in the snow at Foxborough, potentially ushering the end of arguably the most successful run in modern NFL history. The questions have been getting asked for weeks, and now we're all waiting to see what comes next. Will Bill Belichick be fired? Will the Patriots find a way to trade the legendary coach? Or is there still a chance against all odds that we see his trademark hoodie on the sidelines in New England again next season? Today, 
Field Yates, host of the Fantasy Focus podcast and a lifelong New Englander, tells us what the view looks like from his perspective, what this era has meant in his life, and what comes next for arguably the greatest coach in NFL history and the team he might be leaving behind. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. It's Tuesday, January 9th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's not bury the lead here. It's Black Monday in the NFL, a time when unsuccessful teams part ways with their coaches. And for the first time in a quarter century, it appears that New England is going to do the same. What are you hearing from a news standpoint field about Bill Belichick today? At the time of this conversation, the general sentiment that has continued to emanate from reputable reporters, including our own like Reese and Adam Schefter, uh, around the Patriots facility is that a change is perhaps likely for the Patriots at head coach and by default general manager as well. However, and there is a but, right? The but is a fairly notable one in this case. It's that while a change could be coming, This situation is so different and so unique and about so much more than a 4-13 and record and the forthcoming third overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft and about nearly a quarter century worth of history and success together that until there is actually an announcement either by the Patriots or by Bill Belichick himself that he is not returning, that nobody is ready to say he is absolutely 100% out, Vegas may handicap it as more likely he is gone, but we have already seen some finality with other head coaching jobs, including Arthur Smith down in Atlanta, that we haven't yet in New England. Let's focus on what we do know. Things have changed drastically since Brady left, and we can get to that, but this season specifically, it's no secret this was the worst season for the Patriots this century, ending at 4-13. How did it get this bad this season on the football field. Yeah, so while the focus is on 2023, you kind of have to work backwards to get to where you are right now. When Tom Brady announced that he was leaving the Patriots back in 2020 and heading to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Patriots used that as something of an organizational reset. One of the realities in the NFL is that you have a salary gap, and when you have very good players, teams will often rely on pushing money into the future which will eventually be like a credit card bill that becomes due. The Patriots kind of use that first season, 2020, as their let's reset the books here. They had seven players opt out due to COVID-19, some key contributors at that as well. And their most notable offseason addition was Cam Newton at quarterback, who they paid a million dollars to sign with them. 
2021 rolls around, the Patriots spend more money at the time guaranteed than any team in NFL history and free agency. They draft Mac Jones, 15th overall. They win 10 games. There was a time 12 weeks into the season where the Patriots had the best record, the number one overall seed in the AFC. A slow finish and a playoff loss led them to the 2022 offseason during which they lost their offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, and they made a decision to go with no offensive coordinator for 2022. Bill Belichick deflected questions all offseason about who would be calling plays, but they knew, we knew that they had uh, enlisted both Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, formerly a special teams and a defensive-minded coach who had also been head coaches, to kind of oversee the offense. And then things got worse. We thought that the Patriots would get back on track this past year, the 2023 season, when they brought Bill O'Brien back, an offensive coordinator who had become an NFL head coach, had had tons of success with the Patriots, had just had a run with Alabama, which he had some success as well, along with Bryce Young as the quarterback there. Instead, the Patriots went from a bad offense to the worst offense in the NFL this year. And it almost felt to me, Clinton, like everything that had been mounting caught up to the Patriots in an incredibly severe way. So the perfect storm hit the Patriots. And while they were fairly gritty defensively this year, the offense gave them no chance and 4-13 and was the end result. It sounds like expectations had been, I don't want to say lowered, but altered for what this season was supposed to be, but they still did not even manage to meet those. What was that feeling like around Foxborough in terms of just what are we looking at in franchise history under this guy? Yeah, internal expectations, though, were different from maybe external expectations because Bob Kraft, Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, uh, said on the record last year, he viewed this, meaning the 2023 season, as an important one and one in which he expected the team to make the playoffs. Obviously, that was far from the case. And when we look back at some of the roots uh, of how this season fell apart, uh, and I kept mentioning the lack of talent, uh, the Patriots, uh, since 2021, when they went crazy in free agency, have been far less active in free agency. But the draft has not treated the Patriots well over the past six or seven years, really. I mean, wide receiver specifically has been a significant blind spot for the Patriots in the draft. Yeah, when you miss by more games than you ever actually won, you didn't really have a chance to begin with. Was there a moment this season that you thought was the actual low point in terms of it's not getting any better at all? It's a good question, but I think probably a two-week stretch, maybe even more than that. Uh, the Patriots coming out of the gates faced uh, what looked like and ended up being a pretty difficult schedule in their first four weeks. But then got a, a stretch arrived for the Patriots that kind of offered a glimmer of hope for them. There were games like the Commanders and the Giants and the Colts in Germany uh, and the Steelers obviously ended up winning 10 games, but they defeated them. Um, but that stretch, including the Commanders game, which was just after the Commanders had traded away two premier pass rushers, when the Patriots couldn't win that game, and then really failed to muster up any offense against the Colts and the Giants, that to me felt like the low point. But these situations, I mean, they very rarely end on a high note. You look at all the moving pieces that you mentioned since that Super Bowl 53 victory over the Rams, Brady leaving, drafts, free agent dollars. 
you know, to quote Guns N' Roses, nothing lasts forever. We know that hearts will change. Is there anything that could have prevented this in the long term in terms of what this was going to end like for Belichick and the franchise specifically? Uh, Well, I think if you look back on the Brady departure, if Tom Brady had found a way, if, if the team and Tom had found a way to play out the string and let Tom Brady make it to the end of his road in the NFL as a Patriot, then I think it affords everybody a bit more time after the fact, right? Because you sort of say to yourself, I think what that may have done is it may have opened the door for the prevailing thought around Bill Belichick as the Patriots head coach and primary personnel decision maker to whatever Bill wants to do for however long he wants to do it with the Patriots, that's a him decision. It's not a decision made by the organization. I think that may have been something that could have changed things, but at the time when Tom Brady and the Patriots agreed early in training camp during the 2019 NFL season on an amended contract, the deal included a no-tag provision, which meant the Patriots could not franchise tag Brady six months later going into free agency, and it meant that Brady, if he wanted, could explore other options. And once that took place, things obviously changed. GB12 took his ball and went home, or at least to Florida. Before we spin this forward, what is your personal favorite Bill Belichick moment? And it doesn't even have to be football specific. I'll tell you what. You know what always made me laugh? I think this is underrated. I think Belichick's got more humor than we realize. There have been a couple of mic'd up moments where Belichick has like really gotten after it with some players. I believe it was Derek Mason at the Titans. Might have been with the Ravens at that point, but he played for both the Titans and the Ravens. And the two of them went back and forth jawing. And Belichick like kind of lit into him in a way that I don't think people expected him to uh, to take it to that level with a player. All day, coach. Oh, you, Mason. Just you. Will you? Why don't we talk after the game, all right? Just shut the f*** up. <laughs> Can you look at the scoreboard? That's certainly one of his interactions with players were always good. Him and Chad Ochocinco, prior to him becoming a Patriot, always had some great interactions as well. We're double covering this, so you feel the night off. Come on, hell yeah. One double 85, that's our call. One double 85. No matter where I go? Yeah, so you can't hide. Come on, Colts. And then I'll say this, like as a football sort of nerd and purist, um, just some like really tactically brilliant things that the Patriots did under Bill Belichick's watch that I hope are not forgotten. There was a time, and I'm not saying that he necessarily invented this idea, but there was a time where the Patriots were playing in Denver, I believe on Monday Night Football against the Broncos. They took an intentional safety where they were lining up for a punt and their snapper just zipped it over the punter's head, ended up hitting the goalposts. Um, And it was one of those things that like, most coaches might have been tempted to just punt the ball there. Belichick said, why run the risk of having a blocked punt? I think they were up by seven. If you have a blocked punt, they have recovered in the end zone. You got a tie game. You take an intentional safety. You're up by five. And the chances of them, that there was you know, a, a, a very small amount of time left on the clock there. You take the free kick and you hope that your defense can hold up and prevent a miracle touchdown. Things like that, wrinkles like that, we're all over the Patriots organization, still are in some ways. So that, as you're to your point, the, you know, the running blocked kick this year, that kind of stuff, I think 
uh, should always be remembered for Bill Belichick under his watch. Coming up, we take a look at the road ahead for Bill Belichick and or the New England Patriots. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from $25 and under to, say, $100 and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So, what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Field, we know that Coach Belichick is going to go down as arguably the greatest coach of all time, but he's also 71 years old. He'll be at 72 when the 2024 season starts. So why is he more likely to move on to another team than just retire? I think retiring for Bill seems boring. Um, You know, Bill Belichick, I don't think it should come as a surprise to anybody. Uh, Two things. One, I don't think his like range of interests outside football is quite as vast as some others. (laughs) You mean you can't go to Navy lacrosse games for the rest of your life all year long? Yeah, I think they only play like, you know, eight home games a year uh, for that Navy lacrosse program. But uh, if I think about some of the coaches that strike me uh, or I know to be more cultured in sports, right? Like, I don't think Bill Belichick is like, a, you know, a part-time sommelier like Greg Popovich, right? Um, so for him, football has it next year, assuming he is coaching, will be his 50th season coaching in the NFL. He's 15 wins away right now from setting the all-time record or tying the all-time record for most by an NFL head coach. And I don't think that's going to be the only thing that defines Bill Belichick. I think the six wins in the Super Bowl matters more. But if you can surpass Don Shula for the most ever, it only is one more sort of bullet point on the resume to state your case as the greatest ever. You said it. Belichick's chasing the legendary Don Shula. He's the former Colts and Dolphins head coach for all-time wins. But 
15 wins, that's going to take more than a season or two at the clip we were looking at prior to. What's the environment that gives Belichick a legit shot to get back in a booth or on a sideline and actually take that run at Shula? Yeah, I mean, 15 wins, you would think, for Bill Belichick, that's two seasons under normal circumstances, right? This year, four wins was, you know, this was the aberration. This is why this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're talking about this exact conversation right now. Um, So I think if you're Bill Belichick and you're surveying the landscape, it might be like less specific about trying to map out, like, how do I get to 15 wins? And more specific to this, if it's not the Patriots and you're looking at other options, the factors that you have to consider, obviously quarterback or the vehicle that you have to get a quarterback, right? So Uh, Let's just use some of the currently open uh, jobs. If you're thinking about Los Angeles with the Chargers, well, you have a quarterback who's now under contract for 52 million bucks a year. He's a very good player, Justin Herbert. You're talking about Atlanta, which is also open now. You're talking about a team that for three years has been in search of a quarterback, but hasn't really efforted nearly enough. You have the eighth pick in the draft. Is that good enough to get the quarterback that you think can help you get back on top? Or by the way, Would you be even incentivized to go to a team that has that quarterback quandary? Because even if the Falcons do take a quarterback eighth overall, we have seen one million times over, quarterbacks in the draft are not a sure thing. I think to quarterback play is certainly part of it. I think it's like organizational stability. It's the dynamics with the owner and with the general manager. Does Bill Belichick want to have all the control that he has had with the Patriots or not? Would he rather just be the coach and let a GM that he trusts handle the personnel side? If he is going to do that, take a coach-only role, is he going to go somewhere where there's a GM already in place if it's not New England? Or would he say, hey, you can hire me as your coach. You got to bring my guy as well as the GM. So there are probably a million different variables that could contribute to his decision uh, if he were to leave uh, the Patriots. But uh, when you have his resume, there are not going to be a... I'm not sure every team that has an opening will consider Bill Belichick. But I think every team that has an opening will at least have a conversation about the idea of pursuing Bill Belichick. To be fair, we're assuming he's not going to be coaching the Patriots next season at this point, but he signed a two-year extension last offseason and is under contract currently, which he reminded the media at the end of the regular season in his video conference on Monday. I'm under contract. Um, do what I always do, which is... You know, every day I come in, work as hard as I can to help the team in whatever way I can. So considering that, if this is in fact the end, how do you think procedurally this might go downfield? Well, by him acknowledging that he's still under contract, it means that there are two things that the Kraft family would have to decide if they do not want Bill Belichick to be the head coach of the team in 2024. Are you going to fire him and get nothing and run the risk of two things? One, someone else hiring him without any kind of compensation other than just the cash they'll pay him. Or two, you fire him and he says, I'm going to take a year off and then pay him a very large sum of money. Uh, We don't know his specific salary, but safe to say it's amongst the richest, uh, probably any coach in all of professional sports, certainly in the NFL. Or if you're not going to fire him, you're going to trade him. And if you're going to trade him, What is the threshold that you would need to cross to be incentivized to execute that trade? Keep this in mind. 
The Patriots, 24 years ago, almost to this day, traded the first-round pick for Belichick, whose resume at that time was, I mean, nothing compared to what it is now, right? Would the Patriots really accept less than a first-round pick now for Bill Belichick, considering the fact that just an offseason ago, the Broncos paid a first-round pick for Sean Payton? And by the way, that pick that the Broncos traded, which came via the Miami Dolphins, was in the 20s. Like, are you going to do that? I mean, if a team, and we'll use the Falcons one more time because uh, they have a high pick. If you're the Falcons and you want to hire Bill Belichick, are you willing to fork over the eighth pick in the 2024 NFL draft? Not saying that Bill Belichick uh, versus that eighth overall pick um, is like a guarantee to go one way or the other, but it's a very valuable asset that you have at your disposal that I think would be a complicated decision. We focused on the big guy here, the team that he's led for nearly a quarter century, the Pats. But they have the third pick in a draft that's got a decent amount of talent at the QB position and quite a few weapons at receiver. How does this team start over? Here's what I would tell people right now. We're having this conversation on Monday, January 8th. If somebody is talking about the 2024 NFL draft in the quarterback class, and they talk about the top of it, they need to modify their statement from, hey, if you look at the top of the draft class, Caleb Williams and Drake May, to include Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU, who to me is very much in the conversation for a top two selection in the forthcoming NFL draft. And the Patriots at pick three, if they stay there, are obviously guaranteed one of those three to be there. They're all very stylistically quite different. So how the Patriots push forward with or without Bill Belichick would be that you have to nail a quarterback pick in the first round. You just have to. I I think you are financially, no, but legally, no. But commonsensically, you are basically tethered to taking a quarterback third overall in this year's class. And this is where I think the responsibility of the Patriots becomes pretty interesting, is that they need to basically spend the vast majority of the resources they have this offseason on the offense, regardless of whether Bill Belichick is the coach or not. Just pour everything into the offense because that's the half that has fallen behind. And if you're the Patriots, if you don't have Bill Belichick, the selling points are going to be, to me, regardless of who that coach is, the idea that Drake May or Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels can be your version of C.J. Stroud, because while the vibes are incredible right now surrounding the Texans franchise, think about the light that we were discussing them in one year ago from the conversation that you and I are having. So uh, the NFL is definitely geared for things to change fast, and that would be how the Patriots need to proceed forward. The Tom Brady hangover is gone. He went to Tampa, Mm -hmm. took Gronk with him, won another ring. For that Boston, New England fan base, the psychological feeling of, okay, he's no longer the guy with our jersey on the front is one thing. Bill Belichick leaving after a long extended run to the championship many times is another. A third is, this might just be just another NFL franchise these days. What's that like from that fan base to just kind of live with in the modern NFL? Yeah, well, I think the fan base, it's kind of like, they don't have much authority or control over that. 
But that's where I think the dynamic with Robert Kraft is pretty interesting as it pertains to the decision on Bill Belichick, is that 4-13 and 13 usually casts you into irrelevancy in the NFL, right? Um, the Patriots were incredibly relevant this year because of the Bill Belichick dynamic. If you do not have him, what does that mean for the Patriots going forward? Are they just another franchise? Whom, pray tell, do you think could be the person to either fill that void trying to get to that mantle? Or as they say, you don't want to be the guy after the guy. You want to be the guy after the guy after the guy. That's right. What's interesting is that this current class, I'll call it a class of head coaching candidates, does not scream like a bunch of obvious slam dunk, everybody's going to be chasing after them coaches. The question is, this is still a business. If you're trying to sell, moving on from Bill Belichick is going to somebody who's been there, done that, and not been anything close to Bill Belichick, really a sell the fan base will be buying. It's a tough question, but that's what Field's here for. Yates versus Yates. Once again, Yates wins. Thank you, Field. Thank you. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.